glad to be back amongst you. I seem to be traveling a lot these days. I have an interest in Anglesey. And I preach at a little church there. And that's where I was last week. Uh, it's, it sits behind one of the few mountains on Anglesey. It's not like the rest of Wales. Uh, it's behind Paris Mountain. But one thing I've noticed is that that church is beginning to grow. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> you know, God's got a sense of humor. You know that, don't you? Eh? I have a favorite scripture that, that, that uh, proves that. Yeah, it, it, it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Who knows where to find it? Come on, come on. Hands up. Where do you find it? Have you, have you got it, have you? Where is it? No, you've not found it. <laughs> it's Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. The joy of the Lord is thy strength. And one thing I've found as I've got older, I've been a Christian 70 years. Uh, <laughs> a bit longer than two. I'm supposed to sit down and be quiet. Uh, things haven't gone that way. <laughs> in fact, as I've got older, I've become freer in the Lord. Do you know what, folks? Some of you might just be starting out in your Christian life. You, brother, I understand it was not usual for you to stand up and speak. That was great. You'll do it more and more. You lose all your youthful shyness and you really don't care what people think about you as you get older. Why should you? Why should you? And you can bless the Lord by just being normal. You're part of my family. I might be the pastor of the other church. But I have families in different places. In, in uh, the place I've just spoken about. I go down regularly. To be quite honest with you, those who don't know me, I have a girlfriend. Why are you laughing? Eh? I'm only 83. <laughs> well, there's life in the old dog yet. <laughs> God is a happy God. But God is very serious about sin. Sin stops you being happy. It stops you being free. It stops you being joyful. And it makes you miserable. I don't want any misery in my life. I've had enough. The devil's tried to bring me down often enough, and he ain't doing it anymore. So we have a great advocate who deals with our sin and presents us shining before a mighty God. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 4, from verse 14 into Hebrews chapter 5, verse 10. We're going to talk about Jesus, our great high priest. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God that we may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required, as for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifices for sins. And no, no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as he also says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus is our great high priest. And we need to be serious about this. Yes, God is a God of joy. He's a God of laughter. But there are some things which we have to take very seriously. And unless we're cleansed from our sins, and if we're a human being, born as a human being, we will have sin. There's none of us perfect. We slip and fall. Jesus Christ took on humanity in order that he might be able to sympathize with us. He became a man. He had the temptations that we have, but without sin, says the Scripture. He didn't fall. We fall. I'm not worried about you if you fall, as long as you repent. Quickly, keep a short account with God. One thing that will happen if you don't keep a short account is that you will lose your joy. You'll become, of all men or women, most miserable. In the Lord, there is joy, there is laughter, there is everything that is good. God wants us to walk tall. Not to be brought down by our silly governments who, in my view, don't do anything right. But some people get concerned. Yet, if we have no hope, 
as we, we do have hope in Christ, if we had no other hope than the government, then you really need to go and weep in a corner. <laughs> and I don't care which color you're talking about either. <laughs> We live in a day of irreverence. There's no respect for people who've done something specially good, like there used to be in my day. And that idea of the equality of all peoples, regardless of whether they deserve it or not, is really running through into the church, into the denigration of God. Rather than the Lord being high and holy, he's now at our level and chummy. He's my pal. <clears throat> he wants to be your pal, but first, he's got to be your God. Instead of a consuming fire that the Bible talks about, he's become my compassionate friend. Yes, he is compassionate. But if there's sin in your life, it will be a roaring fire until it's burned out. With our new user-friendly deity, we also de-emphasize the role of the priests, particularly in our nonconformist denominations, and I'm all for nonconformity. I don't even mind if you suddenly stand up and start bringing a prophecy or anything like that. I, I wouldn't turn a hair. I like nonconformity, but we have to treat our God with reverence. Reverence. You see, the important role of a priest in the Old Day and the one priest now, a priest bridges the gulf between holiness and sin. And our advocate, Jesus Christ, deals with that problem of sin so that we can live in the presence of God every day. Our God is a blazing fire who stands between an angry God and us who are dry stubble. We can be burned up because of our sin. We can become miserable. <laughs> he stands between a holy God and sinful, blasphemous mankind. And that applies to all of us, unless we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible makes much of Jesus, the great high priest, because as opposed to our modern sensibilities, the God of the Bible is great and awesome and exalted and above all other beings. We have access to the greatest personage in eternity through Jesus Christ. 
We can walk tall in this wicked world. We can be happy in spite of what is going on. Just one look at Jesus. Wow. But God, our Father, is too pure to look upon evil. That's why we have to have an advocate, a high priest, Jesus Christ. In Exodus 33, verses 18 to 20, we read this. Um, is Moses speaking to God. Please show me your glory. Then God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. No man shall see me and live. He's so holy and so pure. But we can access him through Jesus Christ. Our high priest. If you look at the building of the temple in the Old Testament, the glory filled that temple, the glory of God. Israel recognized that God was unapproachable through any kind of things they did, especially when his presence was uniquely visible. At the first dedication, which is recorded in Scripture, it says this. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to read the first three verses. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercies endure forever. Oh, if only the presence of Almighty God would fall in here. How many of us could stand? Wow. But you know, through Jesus, all of us could stand. If you're making Jesus first in your life, you can stand. You can stand because you've been cleansed and you're being cleansed. As I said before, we make mistakes. We slip and fall. I will never shout at you. If you slip and fall, I will lift you up and try and bring you back to the place where you can stand. It's no wonder Isaiah cried out when he saw the vision of God. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin 
is purged. It's what the Holy Spirit's doing. That's his main job. Yeah, he, he, he gives us good times. And he speaks to us. You know, I move in a lot of the gifts. I'm all for them when they're used properly. The Holy Spirit is sent by God to empower you and me. First of all, to live a holy life. That's his first job, that we might live a holy life. That's where your strength is. That's where your joy is, you know. He's got to come first. I didn't always put God first. And there are times when I've wandered far from him in that 70 years or so. You see, in the presence of God, in the presence of the Holy Ghost, the first thing that will happen to us is we'll be convicted. We wish we could get out of this place right away. And the further away, the better. But that's that time to stop and think. To say, Lord, what are you saying? Well, you know what you said about so-and-so the other day? I didn't like that. We'll make it right. That's the first job of the Holy Ghost. But it's the same Holy Ghost that gives us joy when I came in, my leg was hurting. I'll tell you, <laughs> this last week, we, we, we did a, a good deed. There was this old lady, I don't know if she's as old as me, actually, but, but she's she got a problem with her legs. And, and they're absolutely stiff. And, and she, she, she likes to go to Pringles in Anglesey. Any of you ladies heard about it? Because it's where all the ladies do. They have coach trips so that the ladies can go there from England and spend the money. <laughs> anyway, she likes to go there. Uh, and my car's fairly big, so we thought, we may be able to get her in. And uh, we did with a struggle. We had a real job trying to get her stiff legs out past the door. <laughs> and I hurt my leg in doing it. <laughs> and I was sat there thinking, hope it doesn't let me down, hope it doesn't let me down. God never lets you down. He doesn't, honestly. Some of you know that my wife, when she was alive, and I traveled in Africa a lot and Sri Lanka, and we've been in some really difficult positions and some funny ones, uh, really difficult. Sometimes our lives have been at risk, but God never once let us down. Yeah, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> Once in Sri Lanka, we, we, we've been up in the tea plantations uh, around Ratnapura. Um, you ladies should remember Ratnapura. If you go to Sri Lanka, that's where you get the most beautiful sapphires. So, <laughs> uh, and, and we'd finished this meeting, and, you know, I was on a high because God had moved. Uh, but there was no hotels. There was just an old government roadhouse. It um, leaves a lot to be desired. The food is edible. 
but um, you sort of sleep on straw mattresses and things like that. And, and some of these young pastors escorted us back to this roadhouse. When we got in the room, there was a mouse there. So these young pastors went and found brushes and were chasing these, the mouse all over the place. You can imagine the commotion. But the waiters from the hotel were chasing the pastors and shouting, please don't kill it, it might be uncle. They believe in reincarnation. God sees the funny side. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we were tired after a, a day of ministry, but it was, uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> anyway, back to the point. <laughs> the true presence of God will bring, first of all, before the hilarity, before the joy, before the dancing, it would bring conviction. If you're in a situation like that, and I've been in a situation like that many times, because I'm human, I slip, I fall, I have wrong thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm an ordinary man. And the Lord always comes, and I feel uncomfortable. Where can I run and hide? Where's the nearest corner I can get away from God? But as soon as I say, Lord, what is it? I say, this, this, this. I say, sorry, Lord. Sorry, and I mean it. Then the next step is I can dance. I'm free. <laughs> I never used to dance when I was young. I was brought up in a holiness church, and you know, oh, doing that because you get excited in a service is really over the top. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the bridge builder between you and me and God, the Father, who dwells in unapproachable light. We've seen that in Exodus. No man can see God and live. But God wants fellowship with you. He wants you as a friend, every single one of you in this place this morning, God wants you as a personal friend. And he's going to make it possible. If he hasn't already done it. God's answer to this problem of sin, stopping him seeing his creation and having fellowship and fun with them, is sin. God's answer was the high priest, Jesus Christ, who after preparation, or the normal high priest who after preparation could go into God's presence. The first high priest for the Jews was Aaron, simply because Moses didn't feel up to it. But God had proclaimed that Moses should be the one that he communicated through. So Aaron, the first high priest, had to go through Moses. God spoke to Moses, Moses spoke to Aaron, and Aaron got on with it. So Aaron and Moses together, type of Jesus Christ. The result was, whilst Aaron was named the high priest, Moses was the real go-between. 
In Exodus 4, verses 14 to 16, we have um, the conversation between Moses and God over this matter. So God eventually said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I, I know he can speak well. Um, you shall speak to him and put words in his mouth and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. We might be thinking, why do we need a mediator between us and God? Why? Well, we've already seen it, haven't we? No man can look upon God and live. He's too holy. He's too holy. But in Jesus Christ, we have someone who was made to be able to meet with God and live. Jesus, in fact, it was the reverse, wasn't it? He came as a man. He took on our appearance. I believe he took on our weaknesses, but he never fell. Jesus Christ never sinned, says my Bible. He wasn't weak like we are, but he knows what it's like. He, he knows the, the, the things that drag us to one side. He's experienced all that because he took on humankind. Because he felt just like you and I feel a little. You know, well, the good times and the bad times. But he was without sin. Jesus Christ never sinned. He was never overcome by the devil. It's a doctrine I've been heard, heard being preached in modern times and it is wrong. He did not have to be rescued. He was always God. He was always in charge. After he rose from the grave, he went down to hell, or before, I'm not quite sure. But he went there to take the keys of hell to release the prisoners. That's why he went, as the victor. As the victor. Well, as for the reasons, why should we still need someone as a go-between? Well, the first one is obvious, isn't it? When I've said that God is unapproachable by humankind, if we want to carry on living, it's the holiness and awesomeness of God. As yet, we can't take it. Not one of us could stand in his presence until even the sinful thoughts have been dealt with. I try to walk with as short an account with God as possible. But sometimes there's always something, a wrong thought. I trust I don't do wrong actions now, but I'm still vulnerable just like you. Don't worry about it if you get it wrong. Just put it right quick. And either I or any of the pastors here are always at the end of a phone. We'll help you. That's our job. Secondly, 
we have to deal with the sinfulness and weakness of mankind. I don't mind admitting my weakness. Because in admitting it, it makes me strong because God deals with it. Never be afraid to say I made a mistake. For those that don't know me in my uh, earthly life, earning a living, I rose to quite a high level. I, I wasn't just kept down at the bottom. That's all behind me now. In fact, I chose to go on the mission field rather than take a plum job. The devil comes, you see, when God is, is, is wanting to use you for something else. The devil will come and he'll offer you the, 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 the best plum pie you can have. Every plum is gold. You know? But you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. And it's not easy being human. Of course, then, there's always the devil there, the prosecutor, who's always on hand. God, you can't do that for them. Do you know what they did? God said, push off. I've dealt with that. Do you know what the Bible says for us? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah, do, oh, I, I hear these Christians sometimes, and they're in little huddles. Oh, oh. well, before you go and, 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 and try to help that person, you, you need to spend 20 days fasting, and you mustn't eat any meat, you know. Oh, I've heard all sorts of weird things in my time. Rubbish. Rubbish. As soon as you face the devil over whatever it is or whoever it is, he turns around and he runs away. I, could, I can tell you stories to prove that, but I'm not going to. I've told you enough today. <laughs> the devil accuses us day and night. But if we've got a short account with God, it's already dealt with. And so he's not got a leg to stand on. But you know, we've got to be realists. We've got to realize that we are frail human beings, empowered by the Holy Ghost to live an all, a good life in front of God. Without God and without the Holy Ghost, we can't live as God would have us live. We are weak. And if we're not careful and if we've not got short accounts, the accuser may well have a point. Now, the priest in the old times was appointed. Never a volunteer. Never a rung on the ladder to greatness. He was appointed by God. The office of high priest was never open to volunteers. Nor could you, as a young person, aspire to be a priest by your connections or by doing exams. <clears throat> you had to be of the tribe of Levi and of the family of Aaron. 
So there's no point applying for a job there. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. The high priest had to be able to sympathize with human weaknesses, being a human himself, and he had to offer sacrifices for his own sins before he could offer them for others. Jesus offered the ultimate sacrifice for us all, his life on the cross. He laid down his body. He suffered for you and me. He had to face those horrible things that we have to face sometimes in our lives. I know sometimes, I'll be honest, I, sometimes I cry. The things I face sometimes. You know, when I lost my wife, I cried for weeks and weeks and weeks. You're going to have these things and we're going to cry. But do you know what? Jesus cried those tears first. Jesus cried those tears first for you and for me. He took our sin upon himself. Jesus is greatness itself. He is today the only mediator between God and his people. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus says, 1 Timothy 2, 5. We still need a mediator. God is still awesome. People are still sinful. And the enemy is still accusing. Right up to that glorious day when we fly away. I expect to fly away. I do not expect to go via a hole in the ground. I've got one, but I don't expect to use it. <laughs> there is no legitimate professional priesthood among God's people. Pastors are not priests. I am not a go-between between you and God. All I can do is point the way. So don't go thinking your pastor is a demigod. He isn't. He's like me. He's flesh and blood. Most of he's like me. He's got a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, it keeps you going when things are rough. You know, when you're lying, when you're lying on a straw mattress in a, in a dirty hotel... And it's wriggling, something's wriggling inside, and your wife says, Jim, Jim, what's that? Get up quick. I said, Go to sleep. <laughs> Jesus was appointed by God and God alone. So also, Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son today, I have begotten you. As he says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. God confirms Jesus in his everlasting priesthood. 
in Hebrews 4, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. He passed through the heavens from the earth and is now in the presence of Almighty God. And you know what he's doing? Who knows what he's doing? Come on, shout it out. Sorry? I can't hear everybody at once. Interceding for us, that's right. I got it at last. <laughs> he's able to sympathize because he's had the problems that we've got. He knows what human weakness is like because he was tempted, but he was so strong. We're not. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted just like us, yet without sin. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But we've got the next best thing. We've got an advocate, Jesus, in heaven. And we've got the Holy Spirit with us. And he's also with Jesus. And there's instant communication. And when we're having difficulties with something, he knows. Lord, I'm sorry. He'll restore you. But don't let the devil come and say, you're no good. Look what you've just done. Oh, you'll never get forgiveness after doing that. Rubbish. God loves you. God loves you. And he's longing to restore you when you fall. Longing to restore you when you fall. He's had to do it a lot for me. Jesus. I'm not going to finish that last page off. He's our great high priest. Through Jesus alone we do business with God and have fellowship with him. Has God got any limitations? No. None whatever. So that means that even your most difficult problem is nothing to him, is it? Eh? So take it to him. And he'll fix you. Like he fixed my leg. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Some of you I don't see very often, but I love you. Do you know what? In heaven, we're going to have one long, long party. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be telli telling each other how much we love each other. Let's start now. Eh? Let's start first by letting the Holy Spirit into our lives. Give him permission to dig through our thoughts and through our actions. You see, every action starts with a thought. Give him permission to pull you up when you're just going to criticize your brother or sister. And, and face it, some of us deserve it. But it's not God's family way. God's family way is love. 
When I meet a, a, a brother or sister in Christ, whether I've met them before or not, all I want to do is throw my arms around them and hug them. That's God's family. It's pure love. Doesn't matter what race they are. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what they've done. Whether they've been a murderer or a prostitute or whatever. Doesn't matter. The moment Jesus comes in, they're a new person. Rich or poor. In Jesus Christ, we're all rich. Do you know that? Yeah. Father, I just bless you and thank you for your word this morning. I pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, touch them. Oh, Lord, give them a real sense of your presence in their lives. And, Lord, I do pray that they will remember that you don't hold grudges, that you want to forgive. And all they have to do is repent. Lord, bless them. Bless them, Lord, all beyond they can take. Bless them so much, Lord, that they, well, even fall to the ground laughing and joking. Lord, I know it's no joking matter, Lord, but your, your freedom is a matter of joy. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, folks. If you want to talk to me, I will be around for a bit.